once a year, like the leaves, it comes. A magical night when bedtimes disappear and identities change. Trick or treat! When the ghouls and goblins of our souls are set free to roam the night and scarf candy. For the true believers, Halloween is the ultimate holiday. For me, it's the ultimate dork holiday. Halloween is for Halloweenies. Good evening, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And welcome to episode number 27? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) October's been a busy month. (laughs) Um, Well, we're going to be, yeah, we've been talking about a lot of Halloween stuff. It's been really great, I think. Fun. Um, And we're going to be doing that again today with a Pete and Pete episode called Halloweeny. Yeah. uh, I uh, I would say a universally pretty well regarded episode. Um, but before we do that, there's been a little bit of Nickelodeon buzz in the air. People are talking, they're tweeting, uh, the new Hey Arnold trailer has dropped. Mom? Dad? Where are you? Class, we've been selected to go to San Lorenzo. We won! Isn't it the same San Lorenzo where your parents disappeared? Arnold, this is just a school trip, not about you finding your parents. How can you not try to find your lost parents, especially since you've got your best friend to help? Uh, and so I figured we just, we haven't talked about it yet together, yeah. so what did, what did you think? Well, I think uh, it's really interesting. I mean, it's pretty short so far, mm-hmm. um, but I think the, <laughs> the uh, plot is pretty clear. They... Arnold, like, wins a contest at school and gets a trip to go out to the jungle, apparently where his parents uh, got lost. Yeah, where he thinks they are. Yeah. Um, I thought the uh, animation looks great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, like, up... It's not hand-drawn anymore. Yeah. But um, looks really good. Uh, And I was actually surprised at how much it made me want to see it. Interesting. I was like, I mean, I'd like Hey Arnold, but, you know, I wasn't sure I would have that much of a reaction to it yeah so overall you're yeah i'm, thumbs I'm up ready and, for it yeah. <laughs> i mean it's coming out soon so yeah so i had a little bit of a different experience uh i it did not make me excited for the movie hmm. and i think what i realized was that um it does something i don't totally enjoy when animated movies do which is it takes the characters out of the setting hmm. in which is the reason i I really like Hey Arnold because of New York. Yeah. I like seeing the kids in the city, and so it doesn't really make me excited for them to go to the jungle. It kind of happened with like, Rugrats in Paris, and um, so I just don't know. That's a good point, and I think um, I do tend to dislike that kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, I imagine it's probably like easier to come up with a bigger story outside of the normal setting. Yeah. But... Um, but it seems like it's also been long enough now. Where, um, but I, I, I do like the idea of all the kids being together at least. Yeah. I mean, they're taking everybody along, and it almost felt like um, remember uh, Rescuers Down Under. 
Yeah. Had a very similar feel to that. I always liked that, so I guess I... Okay. Yeah, I, yeah I'm definitely going to watch it and give it a chance. Um, it's, it was definitely fun to see kind of the characters and the voices yeah. uh, all back together. I just think the Rocco trailer maybe um, made me feel a little more excited. Uh, it's, it's characters you're familiar with, settings you're familiar with, and um, but we'll see. I guess uh, Rocco's definitely more of my... Thing, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I guess I was just surprised that like I was actually like, got interested in it in that one minute. I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. So, but you know, <laughs> we sh- we shall see. Yeah. Um, people people seem to be responding really well to it, so that's that's yeah. good for uh, Nickelodeon, I suppose. Yeah. Um, as we, as Andrew said, we're going to be talking about Halloweeny today, and actually, this was a request from um, Alex L. Uh, and he said that um, he wanted us to talk about Halloweeny, and that it's not only just a strong Pete and Pete episode, but it's one of his favorite episodes of anything ever. Wow. Uh, also thought a cool one would be to do a music-themed episode like Hard Day's Pete or uh, Doug's Hot Ticket. Um, so yeah, we're, we'll definitely talk about some of those episodes, yeah. but uh, this is the first time perhaps we're fulfilling a specific request yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's perfect. It's October, uh, and this is a definitely a very Halloween themed episode. Oh, yeah. um, typically, I'll read through emails at the start of the show today, uh, just because there's a lot of people who've been sending thoughts. I'm going to wait to the end uh, to <laughs> to share thoughts. Uh, so if you're looking for that, uh, you can just fast forward right to the end. <laughs> Um, but as always, when we do these episodes, I like to take a look back in time at to, as to what was happening uh, at that moment in history. So the the moment is October 9th, 1994. <laughs> this is season two, episode seven. Uh, and here's what's going on at that time. Uh, so on uh, in October of 1994, Gary Larson publishes the very last Farside comic. Wow. And I was a very big fan of. I <laughs> oh, am, yeah, a, am yeah. a very big fan of it. Um, the they they published those books, and I remember buying a couple of those. And calendars and uh, greeting cards, <laughs> anything you could think of. Um, in Switzerland, twenty-three members of the Order of the Solar Temple cult are found dead a day after twenty-five of their fellow cultists are similar similarly discovered in Quebec. Um, I remember as a kid, um, hearing about those like kind of cults where people mass suicide and things like that. And just how, like, as a kid, I I felt like it was one of the first times I really processed people taking their own lives. Like, do you remember the one in California where, uh, what were they called? Um, Um, I assume you're talking about that Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. yeah. And I remember hearing about that and being so like emotionally disturbed. Yeah. It's a very weird, I mean... It's hard to uh, process now, let alone mm. as a little kid. But like as a kid, yeah. just like this idea of uh, not just one person ending their life, <laughs> yeah. but all these people in a house hanging out, yeah. being like, "Let's do it together." Just, what could the <laughs> logic be to lead you to that yeah. moment? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it seemed like a little moment in history where these things were popping up. Yeah. Uh, that month, North Korea signs an agreement to end development on nuclear projects. <laughs> And how the times have changed. (laughs) Um, Francisco Martin Duran fires two dozen shots at the White House, uh, Hmm. and he is later convicted of trying to assassinate President Bill Clinton. (laughs) Oh, I don't even remember that. No, neither do I. 
Um, and finally, a sad one, Raul Julia dies. Uh, he suffers a stroke. And, and of, of course, if you don't remember Raul Julia, for us, I think the sentimental thing for us is uh, he played Gomez Adams in the yeah. reboot of The Adams Family. Oh, yeah. So kind of sad because he had just the year prior Adams Family Values comes out and then he passes away. Uh, and then I think they turn to um, Nathan Lane to do mm. Adams Family Reunion. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh... <laughs> pivot there slightly different styles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um for movies that month there's um four number one movies the river wild which uh starred meryl streep kevin bacon john c Riley. that's a white it's a white water rafting movie couples in distress <laughs> and they go white water rafting and then there's a couple people they meet up with in the woods that are also like you know hikers mm. quote unquote but they're actually criminals who like <laughs> yeah uh there's also the specialist um, with Sylvester Stallone, where he plays a bomb explosive <laughs> specialist. And, I don't know. Also didn't see that one. Uh, for two weeks, Pulp Fiction. Mm. And then for the last week of October, Stargate. Ah, wow, both of those are good ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, so if you had to pick, and I'm guessing you're going to pick between uh, The River Wild and The Specialist. <laughs> Uh, which yeah. one would you go uh, with? Pulp Fiction definitely would mm -hmm. be my pick for that. Yeah. I, it, that, Hard I to... I would say it's like an all-time great movie. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Stargate's very yeah, very I good love too. Stargate. But um, and I do remember watching The River Wild when I was younger. I don't recall much of it. I remember as a kid feeling it was very intense. Um, the specialist, I have no idea. Um, and then music, you guessed it, Boys to Men. Uh, we referenced this song on an earlier episode review of Pete and Pete. It's "I'll Make Love to You" uh, mm -hmm. by Boys to Men. Um, that song was on the charge at number one. I think for about three months um so it's <laughs> not the last we've heard of them <laughs> and then video games uh that month the first arcade machine with an internal hard disk comes out and it's an uh, arcade game called killer instinct uh, yes. you're familiar oh yeah okay killer instinct. it looks like a kind of a mortal Kombat type it's game. like animal or well some of them are animals or like mm. there's a skeleton mm -hmm. it's yeah yeah okay uh, the ID software releases Doom 2. Ah, oh, wow, yeah, id. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great, <laughs> my great bad, game. My bad, I mean, id. <laughs> that was one of those games as a kid that was one of the games for yeah. me. Like, just changed everything. I do remember, at least being over here, or, uh, I, yeah, I just, I remember playing a lot. Um, Sonic and Knuckles is released, and it says it allows a player to connect to previous Sonic games uh, to the cartridge, making Knuckles playable in them. Yeah, that was like... I don't remember it's this. A, it's got a weird cartridge where you open the top of it and put the other Sonic game into it. Oh, on top. Yeah. Wow. No, I don't recall very, that. Did you play weird. it? Um, just a little. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Micro Pros releases UFO Enemy Unknown in the strategy game of the year, Master of Orion. I don't know that one. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, October of 1994. As I mentioned, this episode airs on October 9th, so why don't we talk a little bit about halloween -y? Yeah, Perfect uh, release date. Finally, mm -hmm. I feel like some of these uh, hol or holiday episodes have been at weird times, mm -hmm. but finally we get one that's like <laughs> solid and you can watch it a few times throughout the month maybe yeah i think that's a big thing that sometimes it's not ideal that it would air right before halloween because the 
re-airability would yeah. die out. Yeah. But if it's October 9th, I got weeks <laughs> yeah. of kind of taking, soaking in halloween uh, Um So you said this was episode 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I looked it up, the first thing on Google said episode 6. Hmm. I, I just took it at face value and didn't really think about it. Yeah. Assumed it was right. But... Well, one of us are right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um... So the episode starts with uh, another narration from Big Pete. Mm-hmm. Uh, really great intro we heard earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it uh, this whole like intro segment I think is really great. Really embodies Halloween in like the first three seconds of the episode. From from a kid's perspective, all the way to what Pete is at this point, yeah. uh, aging out <laughs> yeah, of yeah. trick or treat. So it's kind of like a little montage of like. Uh, ghosts and or and uh, the fake moon. Yeah, candy bowl. Yeah, yeah. Just, but really, they were. They Pete and Pete was really good at that. Mm-hmm. That kind of overlaying. Yeah. Montages, but not really montages, where they just happen like real. They're happening real fast. quick, and they're like they have nothing to do with the characters. <laughs> yeah, you know, very yeah. good. Um, so anyway, Pete, uh, Big Pete, like is losing his Halloween spirit. Mm-hmm. He's getting older, just old enough to where he's not wanting to trick or treat, not really wanting ha- anything to do with the holiday. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, and little Pete, of course, is like one year or a couple years younger and he's mm-hmm. still like totally into it. And yeah. little Pete has a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the record, the record, Wellsville's record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. It's not even the world record in this case. It's just Wellsville. And I like that Wellsville would have a record. And I think one thing Pete and Pete does masterfully from season one to season three is it really gives Wellsville like a mythology yeah. that, that, um, that the people in the town are really connected and the stories and the records or whatever it might be. Wellsville feels very real. And I think it does a good job of just kind of deepening that history of Wellsville. Totally. Totally. feels like a totally real place to me that yeah. you could go to, but yeah. <laughs> um, so the they kind of go over the story of the record with another one of these like little separate clip things, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I think it's really great. It's like black and white. And yeah, old happened school, a long time old ago. school footage, if yeah. you will. Yeah. You see, thirty-one Halloweens ago, Greg and Judy still trick or treated to three hundred seventy-four houses in one night. By midnight, they were legends. God. Yes. So thirty-one years prior. Yes. <laughs> so that would be 1963. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it was because of the number 31 more than anything. But... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it, that would be October 31st, 1963, were a mere 22 days from JFK being assassinated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, maybe that's why the... Maybe people just like, you know, oh, forget the record. Things yeah. are going bad. Yeah. The record was just, uh, you know. Overshadowed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we uh, kind of, we cut over to Pete inside carving pumpkins. Mm. And he's like really getting into the holiday spirit. Uh, and this is one thing that I always remembered, that suctioning of the oh, yeah. innards of he, the pumpkin. Yeah, out. he has a huge vacuum and he's just, yeah. I never did that, but it always seemed like kind of a good idea. <laughs> Um, and I love how just the pumpkins in this episode look really right? cool. Like real, I mean, not even so detailed, but mm-hmm. just like really great faces. Striking. Yeah. Uh, particularly once we meet, um, the pumpkin eaters, their, yeah. their, their masks, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, their designs are really cool. Um, 
So and he uh, so Pete's putting one of these pumpkins out on the um, porch mm-hmm. and adds a fog machine to it, which is another great <laughs> yeah, touch. Great touch. It's like how did someone how did must not have done think it. of this? Um, and this is where they Pete and um, Nona meet mm-hmm. uh, Frank Gulcher, <laughs> the crossing Cro- guard. Crossing guard Frank, <laughs> uh, another great Pete and Pete name. Yeah, really, man. Frank Gulcher, masters. Of that. I mean, that guy definitely lives somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Good day, citizens. Hey, Frank. Nice wheels. Born to be wild, huh? No. That's my surveillance assault vehicle. You need that thing to guard the crosswalk? Oh, no, no. I'm on special assignment, Chief. Halloween duty. I've been called to serve and protect Sector 17. Now, listen up, you two. Tomorrow night, be sure to buddy up. Because they're out there. Oh, they're out there, all right. Um, and he's he warns them about the pumpkin eaters yeah. who are back this year. And he's dis- hey. he's distressed. Oh, uh, yeah. Frank really seems to be in a worse spot than the kids. <laughs> yeah, he's maybe more worried about himself than what's going to happen. <laughs> this is kids. livelihood we're talking about. Um, so these are like toughs, uh, mm-hmm. Halloween toughs that are, have been around for <laughs> the last few years, and it's finally reaching ahead in Wellsville where. There's gonna, they're going to cancel Halloween next year. Yeah, nobody's even if, going out anymore. Yeah. Uh, and as we'll find out, if you do dare go out, it could be the end of your reputation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, Big Pete and Ellen are, like, walking home from school, mm. and they come across, like, a pumpkin graveyard is what he calls it, but just a, just a par- patch of the sidewalk that's, like, covered in crushed pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And... He there's one that's not crushed and Big Pete uh, is tempted to smash it, yeah. and I I don't know if uh, when he's thinking about whether to smash it or not if he's got like Ellen in his head saying like go ahead yeah, smash do it Pete yeah <laughs> I, I wondered if that was really her saying it or just him uh, I don't know <laughs> that hadn't occurred to me okay um, so anyway Pete. Pete decides to smash it. He gives in to the dark side, kind of. Uh, and it it is a shocking moment. Yeah. Because I think he, in, um, I'm trying to think, Range Boy, there's a couple episodes where Pete really flirts with just embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, and wanting to kind of break out of being considered a kid. And um, and so whenever he does stuff that is, doesn't feel like a Pete thing to do, it's... Yeah, I think the episode and, does a good job of really making you feel like Pete's gone. Yeah, to, like they you did said, it to really the dark well. Side. Like a horrible. Mo- <laughs> this is the moment where it's all crashing down. Yeah. Um, and this is right as he after he does this, we see that the pumpkin eaters have been watching <laughs> and are excited that Pete's turning this new leaf. Yeah. Pete Wrigley, you have tasted the dark side. <laughs> and we find out that the head of the pumpkin eaters is uh, endless Mike Hellstrom. Of course, who else? <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, weird, weird that they show us then. But. Yeah, he takes off his pumpkin just to show yeah. us. I <laughs> uh, don't know if we need needed to know, but yeah, there he is. And then he's got a couple of his sidekicks who I yeah. don't think we ever really meet uh, in any other episode. Yeah, we don't even find out who they are really in this. No, one. yeah. Um, but those pumpkin heads are great, and I always wondered like what the deal with them was. Um, there's, I mean, they look like real pumpkins. Yeah, but they're they do. So huge. Yeah. I mean, those would be like the biggest pumpkins <laughs> of the season. <laughs> but they, they're definitely real looking. I mean, like you, you can even tell there's some like a little bit of rot going on. Yeah. On some of the pumpkins, yeah, so they're yeah. definitely real. Um, 
So that later that night, this is Devil's Night, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, the pumpkin eaters attack Little Pete and Nona. Yeah. Uh, maybe in a bid to, uh, I don't know, win, hurt do Big you, Pete more somehow. To hurt or to win him over to show him like, because they want him. Yeah, they, they're they, trying to push him. Yeah. To come toward to their side. Yeah. So. Um, but I, I <laughs> liked uh, how Pete and Pete. Or how Pete and Nona were covered in uh, whatever they were covered in. It's like wet and toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. and It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, Nona's... We find out the next day that Nona's pop, uh, <laughs> Iggy Pop, yeah. uh, is not le- going to let Nona go trick-or-treating. As, you know, seems fit. I'm sorry, Gumdrop, but I'd have to be an idiot to let you go trick-or-treating. Nona's pop pulled the plug on her Halloween plans. Love hurts. Okay, so Pete, uh, little Pete is left on his own mm-hmm. to kind of go after the record, but he really can't do it on his own. Um, yeah, and even even Pete says, Big Pete says, you know, uh, it's a bummer. Nona can't go, and yeah, so he's feeling bad. Yeah, he knows he's kind of letting little Pete down. Yeah, and he. He says he's feeling guilty for smashing the pumpkin, but I think this is like the real <laughs> source of the guilt. You know? uh, have you have you ever smashed a pumpkin? I don't think I've ever smashed a jack o' lantern. Mm. I mean, maybe a rot, like an end of the season rotting one or yeah. something, but not a fresh. Yeah, some something someone spent time yeah. on carving. Yeah. That fe- I think that's the difference. That feels particularly <laughs> cruel to smash something someone spent time on, yeah. even if it's. Because I remember more common on our sh- on our street growing up was um, painted pumpkins. People would oh, like paint yeah, little yeah. faces on them rather than carve, yeah. which you know whatever. But uh, <laughs> no, I I did not. I would not smash. I only after Halloween where it was a chance to yeah, step on it, it wasn't or <laughs> ruining anyone's dreams yeah. at that point. Um, so. Uh, Big Pete agrees to go trick-or-treating with mm-hmm. him, and uh, Ellen warns him that if he doesn't watch out, he's going to turn out like Ned Richmond. Oh, boy, Ned. <laughs> Remember last year? How could I forget? Last Halloween, this 15-year-old feeb named Ned Richmond went trick-or-treating. And the pumpkin eaters caught him. He got roasted. For everyone to see, Ned's life has never been the same. Now nobody will go near him. Not even in the yearbook. <laughs> just a, just an unfortunate figure. Really? But another perfect piece to the Pete and Pete universe. I mean, he Agreed. definitely lives in, he definitely lives in Wellsville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he gets his own paint. Nobody, nobody wants to be near Ned. Not even in the yearbook. Yeah. So cruel. <laughs> That, I know, it's it almost like that picture was supposed to have been taken that night. Like, that's where it yeah, is. Yeah, and they submitted, someone submitted it to the yearbook, and the yearbook teacher's like, yeah, throw it in there. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, put him on his own page. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we next is Halloween night, mm-hmm. and the Peets are dressed up as uh, a couple of um, Astro- Astro- well, legends in yeah. their own right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. What do we... Big Pete is uh, Neil, and yeah. Little Pete's Buzz. <laughs> um, should we hear a little clip? This is another great one, I think. Sure. 
According to my brother, the record is one of mankind's greatest feats, like landing on the moon. And if we broke the record, we'd be legends, just like Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, the first two men to walk on the moon. For me, I was just relieved that the visor covered my face. Pete was relieved too, because he could actually relieve himself in his spacesuit. So that's a, another, just some, some more Pete and Pete poetry. That, that <laughs> like uh, Big Pete, some of that narration is just mm. like really great. Yeah, love it. Um, so they start trick or treating, yep. and everything's going good at first, you know. Uh, and their costumes are great. Yeah, they're uh, making record time. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they're gonna make the yeah. make the mark. And Big Pete, meanwhile, gets to like hide himself inside right. the spacesuit. Yeah, ready, set, go. But as I soon discovered, I wouldn't have much time for worrying, because Pete devised a battle plan that rocketed us through suburbia. Trick or treat! Trick or treat! You know the routine. Hustle! Great collection of clips. The ring yeah. doorbells, the candy, like, falling into the bag, like yeah. a waterfall of candy. <laughs> Pete, Pete and Pete, uh, or little Pete, I love that he starts out by doing kind of the trick-or-treat, trick-or-treat, and eventually just gets to the point where he says, you know the routine, hustle. <laughs> uh, that little Pete's running out of patience for this yeah. whole shtick. <laughs> Which I, was a relatable feeling as a kid of, I don't want to oh, even, I don't even want to say it. I'm at the door. <laughs> After about the third time, you're like, all right, can we yeah. get on with it? Yeah. Um, so, uh, later on in the night, uh, the pumpkin eaters have been wreaking havoc over mm, the neighborhood. They're out, yeah. Just, like, there's toilet paper everywhere, kids crying on the, uh, <laughs> on the side of the road. Um, and the Pete's, like, come in contact with, or, like, see them. Yeah, um, the pumpkin eaters. Yeah. Along with, uh, Frank, who's, like, yeah. ho- trying to hold them off at this point. Right. Um... So, but, and in spite of the pumpkin eaters showing up, they decide to carry on and <laughs> try to beat the record still, um, until they run into Ned Richmond. Who lay men from space? Ned Richmond. Hey, you're Pete Wrigley. No, I'm not. I'm, a uh, Neil Armstrong. Oh. Yeah, sure. Your secret's safe with me. Hey, maybe we could go together next year. Huh, Riggles? Riggles. He called me Riggles. Mm. Who <laughs> brings the whole thing crashing down. <laughs> uh, he, he lovingly refers to Big Pete as Riggles, yeah. <laughs> which Big Pete is just horrified by. By the way... What is Ned supposed to be? Oh, a matador. A matador. Okay, okay. I thought so. I thought so. But he's got kind of the thin mustache. and Another perfect costume for him. Um, And, yeah, so Big Pete, like, just seeing Ned, he can't go on. He knows. He knows. He's he's seen his future, and it's all too real. (laughs) And so, yeah, there's this breaking up scene between the Pete's. Yeah. And it's really beautifully shot. It's just an empty street neighborhood. Yeah. And they're just kind of in the center of the frame. And um, it's Big Pete just kind of breaking the news that he just can't do it anymore. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those somber Pete and Pete moments where 
Well, somber for a second, but little Pete's attitude is always, fine, I'll do it without you. you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> See you later, loser. <laughs> but they do really do a great job of that, um, making that, like, space known, mm. I yeah. guess, in Pete and Pete Yeah, you're, they're in a big, it felt like a big neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, this is, I thought this was a particularly very well shot episode. Yeah. Um, so Pete, uh, so after they split up, little Pete continues to trick or treat mm-hmm. and big Pete trying to escape from the pumpkin eaters, uh, jumps into a like haunted house, the Wellsville crisis center haunted house <laughs> um, through one of the open windows. Yeah. Um, and this is another great, uh, set, I guess mm-hmm. that's going on here. Um, inside this haunted house, this local haunted house. Yeah. It looks really good. The, yeah. All the. Uh, decorations and stuff. Yeah. And that also reminds me of this episode. I noticed some of those like old um, cardboard decorations that I just really love about Halloween really nailed it. I thought for sure. Um, So Pete's in there and he runs into the pumpkin eaters. finally. Oh yeah. They have, they have them cornered. Yeah. Uh, And it's rather than it being a very intimidating situation, there's that moment of they want to recruit him yesterday. We saw you, Ridley. You smashed a pumpkin. Oh, it was beautiful. And now, now here you are in this pathetic excuse of a haunted house, hating Halloween even more. Just like you. Exactly. Ridley, we can destroy Halloween together, smash the pumpkin, and together we'll toast the death of Halloween! <laughs> And if I don't, two words, Ned Richmond. Do it. You know you want to. You felt it yesterday, and you feel it now. <gasps> they yeah. want him. They want him to know. They know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Big Pete's cornered in the basement, and Little Pete luckily can hear what's going on through the. Um, the they got headsets, mics. yeah. yeah. Um, so he hears the pumpkin eaters threatening Big Pete. And yeah. he, he's on the last house, but... I know, <laughs> man. Part of me is just go do it. I know. <laughs> just run up there real quick. Yeah. I know, but he does the, the good thing and goes to help his brother. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're in the basement. You know, Pete's kind of cornered in the basement and there's a yeah. cellar door. And yeah. it, it just swings open, and there's this great shot looking up at Pete, and uh, he's got his astronaut gear on, and then there's this large kind of uh, cartoonish moon, yeah. um, which appears a couple times in the episode, yeah. um, and he's there to kind of kick some butt, which is, it's a weird it's a weird kind of turn for Pete and Pete, where it, the way it's resolved is through, like, physical combat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, and uh, not only... Does Little Pete save Big Pete? But then, shortly after, Big Pete ends up saving Little Pete from Endless Mike. True. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> just a great, like, brotherly bonding episode. Here. Yeah. Um, so the uh, they kind of defeat them, I guess. Yeah. They smash. They smash Endless Mike over the head with a pumpkin. Yeah. And I don't. It's it's kind of cartoonish. I mean, he just can't get the pumpkin <laughs> off his head. He's kind of writhing around yeah. on the ground. Uh, I, I always loved that moment, though. I mean, it seemed ridiculous, but something about it was like uh, 
just <laughs> funny looking, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they've kind of, you know, they went, th- as a lot of Pete and Pete episodes do, they've gone their separate ways, but they've kind of reunited with a common foe. Yeah. I mean, uh, we go back um, the next day, it's, you know. Oh, right, like, yeah. Yeah. And they've saved Wellsville, and <laughs> Endless Mike is scrubbing Nona's uh, porch. That's right, uh, which we get our classic line uh, from Iggy Pop. Uh, let's hear it. With the pumpkin eaters unmasked and in custody, the cleanup began. You missed a spot. Stooge. So, yep. the, the reference is thick. Yeah. <laughs> Laying it on thick. But, uh, yeah, so that's resolved. That's the resolution. As for Pete, he didn't break the record, but that was okay. Maybe next year. Because he achieved greatness in another way that night. So did I. We helped save Halloween in Wellsville. Now, every year, when the leaves come, so does Halloween. Setting free the ghouls and goblins of our souls for one magical night. Especially for two brothers, who will always believe. Um, so, yeah, they just have a they the the writers on the show had a really great knack for kind of hitting. Uh, even if a lot of the episode wasn't very sentimental, the closing narration is so touching that you feel like, oh yeah, that that moved me somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it does have that great music mm, during those parts. Yeah. The... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we didn't talk about it, but the floating door, great oh, yeah. touch. I, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Total Twilight Zoney yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really loved that. Um, yeah. Well, uh, shall we just move on? Yeah. Hi, this is Bios, Trivia, Ratings, and Stray Observations. So um, talk about a few of the people that showed up in tonight's episode yeah, let's do some bios um endless mike hellstrom played by rick gomez uh yeah. he's been in a lot of stuff yeah, over the is. years uh he's really great he's really great in this episode i think yeah um, besides michelle track well besides i mean some of the guest stars are really famous yeah. but of the core kids besides michelle trachtenberg he's even more so he's really had the most consistent career yeah uh he's maybe my favorite pete pete villain okay i mean he's Stuck with me more than any of the others. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, Pit Stain didn't have quite as much of a prominent role. Yeah. And Paper Cut was two episodes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, he's showed up in uh, Transformers and Justified. Mm-hmm. Those are probably like the biggest ones. Uh, and Band of Brothers, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, I have a couple more. Uh, the Clerks TV show, short lived. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he w- his first role was an uncredited appearance in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie. Whoa, cool. Yeah. Interesting. Is he like in the Foot Clan or something? Uh, it says Grunt or something. Oh, uh, okay. Um, also, we have Frank Gulcher, who was played by James <laughs> Lally, who's yeah. a Cleveland native. Hey, cool. Yeah. Um, he was in, he hasn't been in a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. but probably the most notable are Working Girl and Weekend at Bernie's 2. Oh, one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. That's a I, one. I spent many afternoon as a kid watching Weekend at Bernie's 2 on Comedy Central. <laughs> I, I think I actually remember his character in this. He was a, the morgue attendant. Oh, yeah. That seems really familiar. Yeah. Um, and finally we have Lark Spies. 
who played Ned Richmond. Mm. Um, and he's been in a lot of stuff, too. What's his real name? Lark Spies. His real name's even <laughs> even stranger than his Peter yeah. Pete name. Um, and he has been in Star Trek Enterprise and Strangers with Candy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might have an explanation as to why he was on Strangers. Oh, okay. with I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so for bios, the production side of things, the director is Peter Lauer. Uh, and Peter Lauer had directed uh, three episodes prior to this. He directed Tool or Die, uh, King of the Road, and uh, one of my favorites that we will one day talk about, The Call. Um, All really great. I mean, um, but... Yeah, and uh, very kind of cinematic episodes. Yeah. Um, and he also directed two episodes of Alex Mack, um, mm-hmm. two episodes of The Chappelle Show, three episodes of Arrested Development, uh, 12 episodes of Malcolm in the Middle. Um, I mean, I could honestly, the, the amount of significant shows he directed yeah. is really long. I mean, he usually only does a couple of each, but I could have, this could go on for minutes. Uh, but he did 18 episodes of Stranger with Candy, Strangers oh, wow. with Candy. So he would have, yeah. I guess, met Lark yeah. on Pete and Pete and probably remembered him. Um, so kind of seems like a really solid television director. Yeah. Um, this episode was written by Chris Viscardi, who happens to be one of the co-creators of the show. We've talked about him before, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to run down his resume. But uh, I found that the cinematographer was a guy named John Inwood, just because I thought this was a really nice-looking mm-hmm. episode. I wanted to see who did it. Um, and so he did 15 episodes of Pete and Pete. Uh, he was a cinematographer on every Scrubs episode. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't really think of cinematography when I think of Scrubs, yeah. but uh, he did 21 Parks and Rec, uh, Parks and Recreation yeah. episodes, uh, and he is the current cinematographer on the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt oh. on yeah. Netflix. Uh, so seems like a a solid, yeah, unbelievable yeah. people from Pete and Pete going on to do all kinds of stuff as they should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what about any trivia? Uh, just one little thing. Okay. Uh, there was a short that came out before the before the series mm-hmm. one of the, like many shorts called Halloween that's kind of similar to this episode um, in which Artie stops Hathead from destroying all the jack-o'-lanterns yeah um, <laughs> so just an interesting thing it seems like maybe they kind of just expanded on that for this episode yeah uh, and I watched it today it's good oh, know, okay. a minute long I have not uh, seen it in a very long time <laughs> Um, I have I have quite a bit of trivia because uh, if you own season two on DVD, this is actually an episode that has commentary. Uh, so I I listened to the episode. Uh, the commentary has Will McRobb, Chris Viscardi, Danny Tamborelli, and Michael Morona. So it's a it's a good one. Um, and some of the things I picked up is that uh, Will McRobb calls this uh, one of, if not the definitive episode of Pete and Pete, wow. in his opinion. Uh, Chris said that uh, to him, this is a kind of a sister or brother episode to Nightcrawlers uh, with the idea that they're trying to break a record yeah. uh, and it's mainly at nighttime. Um, so I, yeah, that I love w- that. The nighttime setting for sure. Yeah. Um, Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi said that the director, Peter Lauer uh, was really inspired to make, as I mentioned, more cinematic type episodes. Mm. And I, they did, they kind of described their approach with directors, which is they had none. Um, the director would come in and they just would say, do whatever you want, which is why they said, like, when you watch Pete and Pete, there really isn't a style. No director was stuck yeah. to having to film it a certain way. So I thought that was really cool that the directors could just come in and um, they said, like, when Peter Lauer read the script, he said, you know what this episode's really about, right? And they're like, no. And 
he's like it's about paganism and they're like okay <laughs> <laughs> they're like do whatever you want i guess um so i thought that was a really cool thing uh they do mention in the commentary that uh space and the moon are things that purposely reoccur in pete and pete mm. as they are both really into space <laughs> um nickelodeon uh there's a moment in the episode where little pete pees in his spacesuit uh and they did say they had to negotiate with nickelodeon so nickelodeon said that little pete could pee in his suit as long as we couldn't hear the pee. Uh. <laughs> um this uh as as you may we may have already said but uh pete and pete is shot in new jersey uh, and they do mention that they have to jump around town to town because they weren't wanted anywhere for <laughs> too long um one really cool thing is that uh, Danny's Danny Tamborelli's dad appears in the episode as one oh. of the guys who answers the door. And if you're looking for him, it's one of the later houses. And as Pete walks away, the the guy at the door gives a thumbs up as Pete's walking away. Uh, so Danny Tam- Tamborelli described that as his dad's 15 seconds of fame. <laughs> um, they did mention that some of the stock music in the episode is uh, also comes up in Ren and Stimpy. Mm. Um, and finally, Big Pete is wearing a shirt uh, in this episode. It's a Free People shirt, and if you look for it, it actually pops up in other episodes of Pete and uh. Pete, and that's something I really like. I like that the characters in the show kind of re-wear their clothes, yeah. um, and I, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it definitely makes it feel more real that, like any kid, you pretty much cycle through yeah. three shirts or whatever. <laughs> Um, so I just a bunch of trivia just because I, I had listened to the commentary. Yeah, cool. Well, should we move on to stray observations? Sure. Okay. Uh, just some things that I noticed included Nona drawing Petunia on her cast. Yeah, that, that was, was really great. cool. <laughs> um, we talked about it, but Ned Richmond's yearbook page just a great touch. Uh, I love a moment in here where Frank Gulcher gets scared by a little kid dressed as the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's already so high tension, and then he does this quick turn, and there's a kid just staring at him. <laughs> and it, it is kind just of his reaction is so good. <sighs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, and just some of the music I noticed in the episode mm-hmm. um, from Polaris. She is everywhere and waiting for October. Chug flowers and nice circuit diagram. Oh, one That's of my favorites. One. <laughs> yes, circuit diagram. Um. And uh, I noticed, did you notice how many houses they had reached by, like, the midway point? Was... 203 is... Oh, uh, yeah, that's the... Oh, that, that they mentioned 203 as the number when the pumpkin eaters yeah, really had yeah. put a stranglehold <laughs> yeah. on the neighborhood. As they were still going strong at, at 8 o'clock, it was 115. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, they were really making good time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they, they, they said they got from Chug Hill... To I think he says Sahara Mike Avenue. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just some good name yeah, making up. Always know. good. And uh, and lastly, just uh, the candy coming out of the drain pipe. Yeah. Loved that. Really moment. great. Yes. The the idea being that the residents of Wellsville are not, also not quitting on Halloween yeah. despite their fear. Yeah. And they're so, too afraid to open <laughs> to answer the door. But. It could be the pumpkin eater. So yeah, there's a shot of the candy coming down the water drain. Yeah. So good. Uh, really good. Um, do you... So, there's that big moment where Iggy Pop calls Endless Mike a stooge, but did you notice what he's handing Endless Mike as he calls oh, him a stooge? Yeah. A 
Q-tip. That's right. He's gonna <laughs> to get the grout and the. That's right. He's got to get every spot, and he's gonna do it with the Q-tip. Uh, what is it about uh, uh, Halloween that makes kids wiggly? Uh, Pete mentioned this in the opening narration. Oh boy, I, I remember noting this, but I just can't <laughs> quite remember what he says that uh, it, that they eat enough candy corn to launch a lunar probe. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. According to one of Endless Mike's goons, as I'm calling them, uh, what does the dark side taste like? Oh, he, they mentioned that Pete Wrigley has seen the dark side, and one of the goons says, and it tastes like... I don't know. I don't know. And it tastes like chicken. Oh, <laughs> and Endless Mike quickly tells him to pretty much shut his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally... What is known as Dad's nickname for her? He he lovingly has a nickname for her that he uses. Hmm. Man, I don't know. Gumdrop. Oh, gumdrop. <laughs> yeah, when he's telling her he can't, he, he says, "Gum, I can't let you go out." Gumdrop. Yeah. Um, oh, those are some good ones. Yeah. All right. So um, she, before oh, you, I just yeah. thought of one more before we go on. Um, what does the inside of the pumpkin mask smell like? don't know man I, I i'm pretty sure it's tangerines oh i, I missed it totally missed it <laughs> uh all right should we go on to ratings yeah all right um imdb gives this episode an 8.7 well hmm. and tv.com gives it a 9.2 out of 10 well this was very tough for me i'm still even considering changing my mind <laughs> right it over. Now. yeah um i'm gonna say a Four and a half. Okay. Um, what I, were you between? Four and a half and five. Mm-hmm. Um, really love it, and I love that it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just—it wasn't quite as great to me as a few episodes, but still one of my favorites. Mm. Really great. Um, I'm gonna create a few waves here. I think. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I. And I went to go give it a higher score, but I just know in my heart I don't love this episode, wow. uh, and so I'm giving it a three. Wow! Uh, <laughs> oh uh, which may be our this may be our largest difference since. Uh, oh, probably <laughs> Doug's bad trip, <laughs> which I gave a five. But um, so I'm kind of comparing it to the rest of the Pete and Pete episodes and for some reason this is an episode that I struggle to remember Hmm. every time I watch it it feels kind of like I'm having to relearn what it was about which means it's not really sticking with me and I think it might be because there is so many storylines to follow in the episode not a ton but there's some storylines that I totally forget about Um, and I like that it's Halloween I mean that's my favorite thing about it but it doesn't quite make me laugh as much as some of the other Pete and Pete episodes Hmm. do um, I don't really love edgy Big Pete episodes mm-hmm. where Big Pete is kind of being a downer. Um, where that's a lot, but in this one, he really it feels like, man, come on, Pete. Um, so it's it's just not an episode. If 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 I were to rank it, it wouldn't be near my top at all. And um, so mm-hmm. I, I I think I had to be fair and give it a number that would reflect kind of a middle of the road. That's very surprising to me. Um, I. I think the weakest part of it was probably, thinking back now, is probably um, revealing 
endless mic at the time that they did. Just they, mm-hmm. they almost could have cut out that whole segment, and it would have been fine. Without yeah, it, yeah, um, or better. Um, but I also really loved the the um, part where, like, the mid episode where they mm-hmm. came out as astronauts, yeah. and they kind of like just the the narration for that, and just the idea behind that of like them being. <laughs> becoming the legends that they're uh I, looking up to so, i like i, I like that part that. i like that part well enough um i don't like the showdown in the house at the end hmm. to me it's it doesn't feel like what i want out of pete and pete uh totally i mean i know you got to deal with endless mike somehow yeah. and i do like that little pete is there to help uh though i think he should have gotten the candy bar instead but um it it just felt a little bit off. It didn't feel like any of the stories were as memorable as a really great Pete mm. and Pete. Um, Halloween's the thing I remember about yeah. it. Um, but, you know, teach I, their own. I think the one good thing about the ending is that most episodes of all this stuff end um, without a real confrontation. But mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. in life you're going to get those <laughs> head-on confrontations, you know? Yeah, all right, so. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> We are going to, uh, this is a first time caller, uh, t- tonight that we're going to call. Um, and it's one of our oldest pals and, uh, I, you know, we just hadn't got him on yet. We, we tried a little earlier and, um, so we finally were able to kind of work yeah. it out. And so we're going to give our friend Daniel a call and Daniel, uh, lives in Brooklyn, New York, and he's a great musician. Um, in fact, he just released a new, uh, yeah. a new album on Bandcamp. The, it's by the Dan Weiss Trio. Yeah. And it's uh, called Live at the Bar Next Door. Yeah. And if you enjoy just kind of really nice, beautiful sounding jazz. Um, we'll give you a way to find it if you have any interest in listening to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're just excited to have him on, and um, he's a real old pal. Yeah. So, uh, it's time for Call That. Hello, Daniel. Hey, Andrew. So good to hear you? from you. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us here. My pleasure. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> hey, Joey. How's the signal over there? Oh boy, oh. it's strong. It's strong from New York. <laughs> oh yeah, it sounds good. It sounds great, really. <laughs> I mean, it's you not- guys. You guys sound like you could be a little stronger in the oh. signal. <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds good to us. It might not sound good on the podcast. You never know. Okay. All right. Thanks. Good morning. <laughs> uh, so, so, so have you uh, recently watched Halloweeny? Well, I did what any serious person would do. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> I went through the credits. Ah, right to the bitter end. I took notes. Oh, this is, this is encouraging. Yeah, I had fun. I had fun watching it. I I mean, I haven't seen it for 10 years, probably. Yeah. Which means that I watched it as an, as an adult, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's that's true. Through the. So, yeah, I mean, I came back to it probably when I was like 17 or 16 or 15, Mm. sometime around there. 
Yeah. And as as I re- as I recall, I mean, you were really one of the first people besides Andrew that uh, had already actively enjoyed Pete and Pete. Uh, oh man, I made a fan site for Pete and Pete uh, <laughs> when I was when I was like fourteen. So I, I it may be the very first fan site for Pete and Pete ever made. Wow. Uh, was it? Yeah. Are we, possible. Are, yeah. we ta- are we talking GeoCities, Angel Fire? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, something like that. Probably Yeah, we we've referenced you before on the podcast as being the only person we know with the happily deranged cassette tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still have it at home, I think. Yeah, but but you know those are different versions from the original versions on the show, and (laughs) (laughs) that's something I'm going to take to my grave. No, Andrew disagrees. (laughs) Okay, I know you've made that claim. There's no question that the guitar solo in Hey Sandy is different. What's different about it? Like it's like altogether different. <laughs> That's how the show version goes. Okay. It goes, and then the one on the album doesn't go to that higher note. Like that. Oh, uh, that. yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I'll, I'll try to do a side by side comparison of the two. That yeah. would be great. That would yeah. be great. <laughs> and you guys can feature it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so what, you know, just un, just unleash it on us. What were your thoughts watching it again as an adult? Well, I've got this whole pathological-looking page in front of me with all these notes I took on it. Take- well, I just want to start it from this early line from uh, the beginning, where Big Pete says that uh, that kids like Halloween because they can eat enough candy to launch a lunar probe. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Because it, it, it gives you gas or something. <laughs> so, uh, or the sh- sugar yeah, high the sh- or whatever? Yeah, the sugar rush, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. That seems fine. <laughs> yeah, that- <laughs> yeah, those are words to live by. <laughs> so, yeah, so, okay, so the, the use of music in the episode was good. I thought mm. the, so- the soundtrack is excellent. It's got some classical piece that I, I don't recognize throughout the whole episode. Uh, yeah. Are you talking about kind of the uh, like the happy sounding? Um, I don't know how to describe it's, it. It's a little bit of both. It's like a very rambunctious piece. Yeah, uh, yeah it like, sounds very like late nineteenth century. It starts the episode and then uh, yeah. it happens about halfway through, and then and it happens again toward the end during the uh, during like the fight scene. Yeah, I, I or was the chase scene. I was really hoping you might know it. <laughs> I'm really not sure what that is. Uh, I, I racked my brain. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like a very interesting piece by itself, but it works in this context. Yeah, yeah, it is. Late nineteenth cool. century, I guess. Also, there seems to be an original score for this episode. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if you noticed bass, clarinet, and organ piece. Uh, that it, also happens early on. Does it sound very like Halloweenish? I think I know what you're. Yeah, it sounds Twilight Zone. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. new music. Yeah. Like uh, 20th century music. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I guess I assumed those were stock music or available for free or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, um, it doesn't seem like the show would have the budget for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full orchestra. Uh, yeah, well, definitely the orchestral stuff is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was not commissioned. That's uh, a. That's, <laughs> That's that's Mark Mulcahy just work, working his butt off. I think so. Yeah, he probably had some buddies that he knew. You know, they were big in the college scene. 
some, somebody from the conservatory could throw together a little Twilight Zone piece. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, one other song that I wanted to mention is a song by a band called Chug. Yeah. Yes. I bet you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a real rockin' piece. It is. Isn't that a good tune? It is. Yeah, it's really I had, good. I had to search for that one. It really makes you kind of like want to ride your bike. <laughs> and, and, uh, Take on the world. God knows I do. <laughs> day. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, that's, I think that's really, oh, and then the last tune on the episode, Waiting for October, Polaris. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Nice touch, right? Yeah. Yeah, very That's nice. the Midas touch. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, so absolutely the music is... Uh, it was very good for this episode. Yeah, what, yeah, uh, yeah they, they do good work with the music. I mean, it's just the whole episode is well composed, but that's that's one of the ways that, that it is. Yeah. What, uh, so, what else are yeah. you... Well, okay, so I thought that this episode was actually a pretty good sort of thesis on what the show is in general. Mm. which is kind of um i mean the show is really about that you know sort of being in a kid's world but treating kids seriously you know yeah. not being condescending toward you know what what a kid's imagination is mm-hmm. yeah and so you get that pretty early on with crossing guard frank culture <laughs> <laughs> sure and he's one of the I mean, this show has a lot of characters like Frank Culture, sort of like kid allies, you know, yeah. like Artie, yeah. Stu the bus driver, yeah, whatever he's... the ice cream head guy is, what is it, Mr. Frosty? <laughs> Mr. Tasty, yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Tasty. Yeah, but they're really they're really watching out for the neighborhood. It's a real community. Yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. They're, uh, they're the guardians. But, yeah. they, but they have, like, kid imaginations themselves. That, you know, they're sort of, it, it, like, they're not... They're eccentric, but not like in a way where the show is stigmatizing them. Yeah, yeah definitely. But their neuroses are like relatable to kids, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, yeah. They're, 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 it shows like that they have still kind of a sympathy yeah. with yeah. um with the way that you know a child's mind works. Yeah. You know, they haven't really been jaded, or they're not cynical. Right. Yeah. And sure. then and then so the way that this episode really expresses that relationship, I think is with Big Pete. You know, early on, he and Evelyn are walking, and they, they almost seem like a married couple or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Right, and then this is kind of Big Pete's fall from grace. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I really love how Ellen's just, like, really, like, it, it would be easy for her to, like, really, like, scold him, but instead she's really, like, just hearing him out. She's letting him vent. <laughs> well, yeah, she... <laughs> Excuse me, I've been sick all weekend. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nothing, nothing to be worried about. <laughs> so, anywho, yeah, so yeah, she she really hears him out, like a, like a good partner. Yeah. You know, but it's also she later on is the one who is protective over him, who scolds him when he decides that he is, after all, going to take the risk of going out with little Pete. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's a. Uh... Yeah, because my instinct would say she should be supportive, but I guess in her own right, she's growing up. Well, I guess she's actually really pushing him to grow up. I mean, yeah. she's pushing him to do That's the grown-up right. stuff the whole time. Yeah, hmm. That's right, she is. And I really think, you know, I was watching it, and Pete seemed very adult to me right away. Big Pete. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can almost be hanging with this guy already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's you know? weird, because this is like an early... Uh, or season, season two. two. Yeah. I mean... 
but he's already. Yeah, I mean, like, how old is this guy? Yeah. At this point, <laughs> the actor, sixteen. Uh, Michael Morona was. Yeah, he was probably. I mean, he, was, he was about sixteen. Yeah, probably. I mean, he could. He seemed like he can hang already, but. But yeah, so so that's what so that's what the show sets up in this episode. That's kind of the. Um, that's the main arc that he he kind of he breaks the pumpkin, and all of a sudden he's he's now in league with like endless Mike and his jackals, you know, <laughs> because, because that's what it means to not be a kid anymore. Yeah. Basically, right. you don't dig Halloween, you break stuff, you're cynical. Yeah. It's you uh, want to attack poor children. And still, uh, I think when you have that family connection of, you know, knowing your little brother would be devastated by your actions. It's that, it's that, uh, it's really that challenge of gr- how fast can I grow up and not disappoint the people around me? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Big Pete always seems like he's down to kind of like he wants to distance himself from Little Pete, of course. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You know, and that that's kind of a running theme in the show. You know, yeah, t- that's that typical constant... big brother little brother divide there, especially with the puberty in the middle in between them. Yeah, yeah, he does have that constant struggle though, back and forth. Like he doesn't want to disappoint either side. I guess you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, but, you know, he, he sees the error of his ways pretty quickly. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not it's not long after that um, where Little Pete is cleaning up the um, the smashed pumpkin <laughs> yeah. on the patio. Yeah. And just a really, really sweet, really tender scene, the kind of scene the show does especially well, uh, when Little Pete is uh, putting the pumpkin into the garbage... And then you see him from Big Pete's view on the patio. Yeah. And it's like a kind of an aerial shot. <laughs> and then Polaris yeah. comes in with the uh, the harmonica. Yeah. Oof. That harmonica. <laughs> that yeah. Great. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is really one of the scenes that that does that in the show exceptionally well. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely is uh maybe more melancholy than there are there are moments of Pete and Pete that are more melancholy than I would say probably any kid show's ever been. Right, right. Yeah, and this one isn't, um, I mean, it's it's tender. It's not necessarily melancholy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's really, it's sweet. It's it's heartwarming, positively heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, with a little action at the end uh, to spruce things up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean at the, at the end of this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the episode. Yeah, this episode does a lot of stuff. I mean, in, t- in 24 minutes... <laughs> It's like several days of time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, What's really the timeline here? Two days? Three days? Oh. Uh, I mean, it's it's got to be at least three days. Well, I think it's two days, like Devil's Night and then Halloween. Mm-hmm. That's how I read so it. So the uh. first episode is Devil's Night? Uh, The first, like, half of it. No, the... no, no. It could... No, the first one couldn't be... It's got to be three days. The first the first day couldn't be Devil's Night. <laughs> why, why do you say that? Because Pete... Little, I feel like Little Pete is cleaning up. Oh, is he cleaning up the Smash Pumpkin on holiday on Halloween itself? Hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Then two days it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we've worked okay, that out. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> hey, it's important. To, you know, to, it's like that movie Memento. You, really gotta, you gotta almost like. Yeah, if, if only we had a DVD. If only we had a DVD to reference. <laughs> There's a lot of simultaneous scenes going yeah. on. You know, they've got a lot of memes. 
meanwhile is happening. No, nope. <laughs> you're definitely right, though. There's there's kind of a lot of jumping around in the episode uh, between narratives. Uh, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Ned Richman, who uh, yeah. is really... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. I, I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tight episode. Everything seems kind of like it has its, its point. Except for er, um, the scene when Endless Mike is like, bantering with his jackals after he witnesses Big Pete yeah, that... uh, smash the pumpkin. What the heck? <laughs> I think that's like solely there to t- show us that it's Endless Mike yeah. so we know uh, for some I... reason. I'm not sure that we needed to know that early. but No, I mean, that doesn't seem to make the episode better though. Because <laughs> want... at the end there's a reveal. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, strange. So you almost feel like, yeah, you know, Big Pete. Just like Endless Mike says, who who else? Who did you think it was? <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like, yeah. what am I on? Like Endless Mike's side now? All of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> who did you think it was? Man, but yeah, Ned Richmond. <laughs> he really, he is just the perfect jerk, isn't he? Ned Richmond? <laughs> jerk in like a. Uh... I mean, the scene when they go to that guy's door. He's more of a tragic figure than a jerk. <laughs> oh, he's tragic, all right. I mean, his jerkdom is part of his tragedy. His general tragedy from birth. Oh, <laughs> boy. Sure. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. Th- things are stacked against Ned, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, I'm tempted to like him for, you know, because he, he's one of the last people that's still opening that door. Sure. Yeah. On yeah. Halloween night, yeah. given yeah. the vandalism, especially what he's been through. The, the trauma that he must go through and still to have the courage. Courage or inability to learn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's the true. problem. That's his fatal flaw. Yeah. Did you guys think that the use of violence was excessive in this episode? I didn't particularly <laughs> love it. Uh, I, it's I, a little gratuitous. It, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it's not the part, it's not why I go to Pete and Pete. Mm-hmm. It's not the, it's not the medicine I'm looking for. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll see. Wow, interesting. I guess it didn't really even occur to me as being... Yeah, it gets rowdy there in the oh, basement. I guess it does, I guess it does. Um, I believe it absolutely occurs. I think, uh, <laughs> well, I think... I mean, yeah, they smash I, Endless Mike in the face with a pumpkin. I think the worst thing to me was Ned Richmond hanging upside down from the tree. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's intense, yeah. jeez. Yeah, that seemed a little inappropriate. That, <laughs> would, that would not fly today. Not even oh, close. no. Yeah. And... <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, just none of this stuff would probably, but... And, uh, 90s, boy. really, even worse is the, the, the school would also believe that Ned Richmond was such a loser they put they edited they edited the yearbook so he was on his own page upside down I mean that's that's a that's, you know the pictures upside down yeah that's a decision by the yearbook teacher yeah yeah, yeah. that's great that doesn't surprise me sometimes a lot a lot of the times the teachers they want to seem like they're cool like the kids are you know yeah to win influence among them so yeah sure I could see that going down I mean that is just such a jerk too it's, it's just like All right. unbelievable jerk um let's see what else we oh yeah is uh is Pete short for Peter uh, I think? I do think they establish on the show that their names are Pete and hmm. not Peter. It's not the diminutive. Uh, their their legal name is Pete. Mm. Oh. Okay, 
straight up on the birth certificate. Last name. Wrigley. <laughs> That's right. I don't know about middle name. Yeah. Maybe it's R. Oh. Initial R. <laughs> that would be that would be Yeah, that'd be pretty clever on the show's part, yeah. Um Oh, okay, here's a um here's a, a shall we call it a stray observation in yeah, your parlance? Sure. sure. Okay. Now I I did a little bit of reading on the episode. I wanted to see what cats were saying. <laughs> um nothing intensive, you know. I I just uh I just looked at a few things over quickly, but sure. Uh, everybody is pretty eager to acknowledge that Iggy Pop calls uh, Endless Mike a stooge at the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Obviously a nod. <laughs> Iggy Pop and stooge. I don't have to tell anybody that. <laughs> but the more subtle, they do another one early in the episode, which nobody seems to have caught, that's more subtle. Big Pete, when narrating the episode, refers to him as known as Pop. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> Iggy Pop. You got it. He, um, he was good. I thought Iggy Pop was really good. Oh, he, yeah. He actually really was good. Okay. Um, and he's weird looking, kind of, so he's just a he, perfect yeah, he fit fits for the show. Yeah, he fits the universe for sure. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean, like the acting, when you know, when he says, I would be a fool to let you go out tonight. Yeah. You, you got you to gotta kind of side with him, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, that Michelle Trachtenberg is, is seeming pretty tiny. <laughs> seeming a little malnourished. Yeah. She went last second out there with, the, with Endless Mike and his goons. Well, any other thoughts uh, you wanted to get off your chest? <laughs> Do you, d- Let me ask you this. How, uh, how um, did this compare to how you remembered it? details at all hmm. what happens in the episode um i'm sorry to say what well, as soon as i thought about it i thought about the episode which i think is like the second episode in the first season or something where they're um, playing hide and seek outside mm-hmm. yeah and then pete stays outside like for weeks or something yeah, yeah. and that i think that episode was filmed in the fall so i guess as soon as i thought about halloween like that that was the only thing mm. that came to mind no, uh, um, what, what do you guys make of the space theme in Pete in general, oh, and especially boy. in this episode? I, I mean, they go, they talk about space a lot. Yeah, uh-huh. I love it in general, and particularly in this episode, I thought it was like a perfect fit yeah. for what was going on. Yeah, and it just seems like a kind of a like a stylistic thing to fit into the show that the creators have said they have like somewhat of a space obsession and they just wanted to find as many ways as possible to work it in. Um, and they did. I yeah. mean, even the lunar probe crack at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lunar <that's>... probe. Not... <laughs> yeah. They, they worked in that. Lunar probe. They found a way to work in that stock footage. And, uh, and I love, yeah. I love that shot. Uh, at the end, um, with the cellar door open, where there's just that giant fake moon. Yeah, I, I um, love that. Oh moon yeah, looks. well yeah, right. That, that's a cool shot from below of uh, Little Pete. Yeah. And uh, and crossing guard Frank Culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little Pete's got the lock cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for you personally, uh, mm-hmm. like we've been talking to people kind of about like their experience with Halloween. I mean, were you, were you a fan of Halloween? Did you not like Halloween? <clears throat> Um, oh, I got my Halloween in. 
out about that. I, I mean, I even may have gone on a little later. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. I don't know what the statute pushing the limits and this is <laughs> i mean that's that's certainly part of the theme of the episode of how and this comes up a lot yeah, in nickelodeon right. episodes is how old is too old yeah uh, sure and uh, you, you so you showed no restraint <laughs> i just remember that i i was i must have been like 12 or something it was probably the last time i did it oh, okay. for what that's worth you know because no, seems... i definitely remember having like a massive pillowcase full of candy <laughs> and my older brother's friends who at that time were already involved in like a lot of uh a lot of like drug use and drinking mm-hmm. they would come up from the basement and eat my candy <laughs> they would compliment me oh. on my candy <laughs> Good job doing all that work. <laughs> now, now, you know. now get back out there. <laughs> no, sort of like, man, you got a lot of stuff this year or something. You know, yeah. oh, I love these Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard you have a crush on my little sister. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Uh, do you have any? Yeah. Do, you, do you have any um, Halloween costumes you fondly remember, like that you dressed up as, or? Man, I can't remember any of them, but I know that none of them were good. <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah. I, I think I lacked the creativity for that kind of thing. I was more, I think I was more of an opportunist, really. You know, it was just some face paint or something, and right. getting that candy. But I definitely always remember just like the sort of like face paint mixed with like grease on my yeah. face, and yeah. sweat, just being out all night yeah. with the pillowcase. <laughs> The bare minimum of what it would take it to get candy. For me yeah. in Cleveland Heights. I had more fun doing it there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, I don't, I'm sorry, this is turning into therapy. <laughs> uh, on a totally separate note. Um, oh, wait a minute. Before we move no, on too far, uh, what? how many Kreb stars do you give this episode? Oh, out of five. Out of yeah. what? Out of five, five. Kreb stars. Uh, and you can use decimals. Man, I mean, oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to. Uh, to. To what place can I use them? To the 10,000? <laughs> Chris has already taken them to the 10th, or, uh, yeah, to the 10th, like, yeah. beyond just the 0.5. You know. Oh, my God. No, no I, I, I haven't seen any in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I just have the sense that this one's probably, like, around, like, 4, or, like, 3.8. Like, it's a very good one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that any would get very low in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I would have to like go through the list and see what I, I remember. But I definitely remember some of them, especially like the pre-first season specials, that just in my memory seem like just excellent works. Yeah. Uh, the it's we've we've exhausted the topic almost on on the podcast, <laughs> but it's just a step above what any kid show really yeah. ought to be. Yeah, I can't say that I've seen any media directed toward children in a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my guess is that it's just like it would just be nothing like this. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would my assume. I mean, just, <laughs> Your guess is I mean, correct uh, on every possible, every possible <laughs> way, especially with the like adult to child relationship, which the show really handles excellently. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, um. I did. I did want to mention, and when I uh, introduced you here, uh, the the new uh, the new album is sounding oh, cool. yes. totally ter- terrific. Yes, very Thank good. Thank you. I'm, oh. I'm happy you heard it. Oh, have you checked yeah. it? Out? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do it a couple times. It's great. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Very good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, 
yeah, Joey, I know that that's that's a tune that you enjoy. That first one. Oh, uh, there's several. I've never there. been in love before. That's, yeah. that's one that you. I know you like. Uh, yes, there are. Uh, I would say several tunes on there that I. <laughs> I have I I previously enjoyed their original version and I just as much enjoy yours. Yeah, thank you. I, I was wondering, especially actually, I was curious if if you were interested in that song specifically because it's in that Jack Black movie. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I that really good one by Richard Linklater. Oh, School of Rock. No. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> that's the really bad one. It's the only one I know with Jack. uh, Oh, uh, Bernie. Bernie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I, I guess I actually missed... I I had seen Bernie. It's been a while, but I guess at that point, maybe I missed that that song was in it. Oh, okay. That's that's the one he he does that tune, like, in its entirety. Wow. Uh, Because Uh, he's staging a theater production. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and check it out, I suppose. (laughs) Right. Yeah, they're doing that show, whatever that is from. Um let me, let me just check. Uh, oh, it's from Guys and Dolls. So, oh, okay. I okay. think they're doing Guys and Dolls, and he, like, does the entire number yeah. in the movie. Is that what inspired you to uh, to, to play no. it? Oh, okay. No, I mean, I, I dig the tune. People play it, but uh, but I, I wondered if that was, you know, no, that's... either how you knew it or why you, why you especially liked it. No, no, that was not, not that my... There needs to be a reason. No, 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 yeah, that, I, uh, I suppose I just stumbled upon it at some point. Um, as we all did yeah should we let our listeners know where they can find this masterpiece sure thing (laughs) daniel (laughs) masterpiece Uh, daniel eli weiss at band.bandcap.com yeah Awesome. It's uh, it's it's free, correct? Uh, just uh, that's right. Click I pl- don't own the mechanical rights to any of these. <laughs> so right. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, <laughs> no, but it really is a, a really nice, enjoyable listen. Yeah. Uh, and um, the it's it's a lo- it's live, but it sounds it's like, a live recording. Yeah, it's really well yeah. it's really well recorded. Yeah, I did the recording myself, uh, but I had somebody else mix and master it, and that that person really did a bang up job. Mm, yeah. But, so yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> and uh, um, and you're playing around yeah. New York here and there. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, cool. Catch him. All how, the time. How far are you from uh, Cranston, New Jersey, where they film Pete and Pete? Uh, is that where they filmed? I thought it was South Orange. Uh, they had to change. Oh, so you know what? It, it was South Orange originally, and then they had to change neighborhoods uh, because the people didn't like them uh, after the first season. After <laughs> shooting silly string. <laughs> Yeah, they really trash the place on this episode. They they definitely do. I think they I uh the creator said though Halloweeny was in Cranston, uh, which I'm I'm not sure where that is, but um Okay, well I'm looking at it or Cranford perhaps. Oh uh, maybe, maybe. Because I don't see a Cranston. Uh maybe Cranford, yeah. <laughs> uh well it, in any event, I'm yeah, I'm fairly close to it. I I I play gigs in Jersey, unfortunately. <laughs> On occasion, private events and so on, weddings. Yeah. And I, I played one near there recently. But yeah, I mean, the whole the whole damn state looks like that. Really. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem like a bad way to look, but... Uh... <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, it's very um, primetime USA suburban. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, thanks, yeah. thanks for talking with us. Yes, it has yeah, been it's, awesome. it's been my pleasure. I... Um, I had an I had a nice time 
you know, watching the episode and taking notes, so. Yeah, sweet. Well, maybe we can force you to watch another Nickelodeon <laughs> episode soon. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure what else I could talk about with as, as well as as well as I can Pete and Pete. Maybe, um, maybe Rocket Power. Mm. Oh, jeez. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Andrew's chomping... little attention paid to Rocket Power. <laughs> Andrew's chomping on, at the bit, and uh, I'm not sure I've seen more than five minutes. <laughs> you haven't. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of came in a what are the dates here? Well, you were, to 2004. I'm a little embarrassed that I know. No, no, no. <laughs> but you, you were skate. You know, you were skateboarding, and you know, living. I was a late bloomer. Was really what it was. You Joey. were, you were living a rocket power life, Daniel. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's for damn sure. Still am. Uh, well, uh, thanks again, awesome. and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you yeah. soon. Happily. Okay, guys. All right. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye, bye. Okay. So that was Dan. Yeah. Really. I, I'll let our maybe I think that might be our longest call that ever, but it was just so good to yeah talk to Dan yeah <laughs> hear his thoughts as always really insightful yeah he's always got a fresh take on yeah. things and um, as I mentioned in the call he's just he's one besides you one of the earliest people I can remember that was also like all on board for Pete and Pete yeah oh, and yeah. Uh, I think when you find that person you guys out there might relate to this when you find someone that really relates to a piece of Nickelodeon that you love you you probably can be friends with that person yeah <laughs> I, actually uh, Dan uh, should have mentioned this earlier but Dan um, turned me on to the Polaris album for the first time oh. I mean I listened to it with him for mm-hmm. the first time but yeah and, a, and it seems you guys have a disagreement on well, the, uh, whether these are different versions of the songs, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting for Dan to prove this to me. I guess. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, yeah, I love hearing from him. Uh, as I said, we're gonna do letters uh, now. So, like, a lot of people have written to us uh, about a whole bunch of different things. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, first, we heard from Vince Enzio. Uh, and he he messaged us about Zeke the Plumber. Mm. Uh, he said, "I always felt like Zeke the Plumber was Nickelodeon's Freddy Krueger, easily one of the best scary episodes and one of the most memorable Salute Your Short episodes. I wonder if that type of episode would even air today on Nickelodeon, and I don't think so. Yeah, it's almost like just too frightening. Um, yeah, too too weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a place for it." Uh, he also wanted to share his list of uh, favorite scary movies. So he brainstormed, and he just stuck to the 1990s, which mm. I guess we didn't consider doing. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so his favorite 1990 uh, scary movies, Scream and Scream 2, Candyman, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Interview with the Vampire, Tales from the Crypt, The Craft, Halloween H2O, Child's Play 2, The Exorcist 3, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Blair Witch, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and The Sixth Sense. Mm. Pretty good list. A lot list. of good ones. Yeah, yeah, really good list. So thanks, Vince. Uh, we also heard from our old pal Sanguino Bambino about uh, Doug's Halloween Adventure uh, in Rugrats. He said, Doug's Halloween Adventure really encompasses the childhood Halloween experience, which is what makes it great nostalgia to rewatch. I would also argue that an episode is not truly a special as in Halloween special unless it's a full 25 minutes. Mm. In my opinion, Rugrats, in general, just doesn't age well. Grandpa Pickles aside, it's borderline unwatchable. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which, even, harsh. even as the person that went against it, I would say it's watchable. Yeah. <laughs> um, Justin, our old pal Justin, also messaged us about Zeke the Plumber. 
Uh, he said, I'm going to keep this short because uh, I like to write too much. Uh, so salute your shorts. Um, Zeke the Plumber gets a f five Krebs stars. As you guys stated, this could be the most memorable episode in all of early Nickelodeon. Uh, he also mentioned his top three movies to watch on Halloween. Uh, number three, Halloween, 1978. Uh, number two, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, <laughs> which is which is one I do watch every October. Um, that that uh, that little jingle, you know, how many days till Halloween, <laughs> always gets stuck in my head. And then number one from 2007, Trick or Treat, which I've never seen. I have never watched that either. I hear that it's great. Yeah. I'll have to give it a chance. Uh, he also has his top five horror movies, and he mentions that this was incredibly difficult for him. Uh, number five, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Number four, Friday the 13th, 2009 version. Which was, I thought, not bad. It was good. Yeah. Uh, three, Sleepaway Camp. Mm. Never seen that one. Uh, two, Trick or Treat. And number one, he's with uh, me. It, the miniseries. Oh, wow, yeah. So, very cool. Nice. Um, by the way, I've had some time to really ruminate yeah. on It, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I've seen it again. Mm. And I think I was too down on it. Oh. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I think it's, the, the pacing's excellent, the kids are great. Um, the scares are really good, and um, I just take I take it all back. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you to everyone for writing us. Uh, we love hearing your thoughts. Um, but we're just in the middle of Halloween now. I mean, the leaves are still just falling off yeah. the tree, so we have a ton of October <laughs> left. Uh, so what are we doing on next episode? Uh, next week we're going to be talking Adam's family versus Munsters. Yeah. Which one is better? Yeah, our first delve into Nick at Night. <laughs> yeah, oh, um, yeah. So yeah. that would be the Nickelodeon connection. Yeah, um, of course. And you're going to be defending... Uh, I will be defending the Monsters. And I will be defending uh, one of my all-time favorites, the Addams Family. <laughs> I think both great, good ones. Looking forward to revisiting these a little bit. A ton in common. Yeah. Um, but some things, you know... Some some really elemental things that are yeah, different. Yeah. Right. Um, so if in the meantime you want to get a hold of us, you know we're on Twitter, BOC Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, and you can listen to us on Podbean and iTunes. And thank a couple people on iTunes for the reviews. Thank you to John seven seven five five six six. We appreciate your review, and thank you to King Hadbar. Um, he. Uh, he, the, the title uh, being Gut Bucket Brigade uh, <laughs> um, so uh, thank you and if you want to leave a review on iTunes that's really helpful I also should mention that a few people were nice enough to leave us reviews uh, on Facebook um, so uh, a quick shout out to Sean, Brent Travis and Matthew uh, all left us 5 star reviews on Facebook mm. so uh, the Facebook community is growing slowly but surely. It's really coming alive. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, stick with us on social media. Email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail if you really want to get your uh, thoughts across. We're, we're happy to read them here. Um, so uh, hope you enjoyed the trip down memory lane with Halloweeny, and um, we'll see you next time.